Nice to have great cooler weather. Couple things, in fact, um, so remember the second and fourth Saturday of the month, we do our food outreach. In fact, let me encourage you, on the back tables in the foyer is a card that we hand out. Uh, we have English and Mandarin, it has the next date, so November 12th and 26th. But we ended up serving 92 adults plus all these kids. So what we've been doing lately is we'll, we'll have like candy at the table for the kids or some type. Yesterday we had purses. And what's, what's fun is when the kids come up the steps out front, they're already looking, right? They're looking for toys. You know how kids are for toys, right? Uh, so again, and those will serve 308. But I think all those 92 showed up in the first 40 minutes because it was like, you know, the store opened and everybody was rushing out there. But here's what's awesome. So um, which you guys don't see on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we have a homeschool group. They've been, Ernie, is it four years or five years now? Four? Four years. They have 233, we were told, families involved. There's a lot of kids. Well, 15 of them came Friday to help and serve, to get set up, which the setup took only two hours. In fact, I think the girl said, well, I could bring all 30. Well, sometimes you will need extra hands, but that was a blessing uh, to see them come out as well, too. So I um, want to keep you informed. Plus, the people prayed for a lady with her heart, uh, heart condition, uh, had a gentleman come back out, wanted prayer for her wife. She just had a total reconstruction of a shoulder. And so, what? His wife. Did I say her wife? Oh, yeah, his wife. <laughs> Make sure to correct those things right. Um, anyway, so a blessing uh, as well. So next Sunday is uh, the ACF is African Christian Fellowship. Uh, every year they do an appreciation lunch uh, for the church. Now, typically in the past, they've done two Sunday afternoons a month here at church. I think they've only done one or two this last year. Pretty much everything is on Zoom uh, as well. But they'll be in service. They want to do an appreciation lunch next Sunday uh, for the church. And I just heard this testimony two weeks ago. So if you remember um, with Stephen and Eileen, they gave a baby formula to the African Christian Fellowship, which took the baby formula to the Congo, which many of the uh, villages had not ever seen formula before. But the issue that they didn't know that they were facing were the mothers because of the famine and dryness were not producing milk. So they were introduced to this formula. That's the testimony that I heard. The next testimony that I just heard two weeks ago was there was a five-month-old, right? Five-month-old child dying because of malnutrition and not enough milk that the formula was what saved its life. Right? Is that powerful? And we just heard that two Sundays ago. And uh, so some of the testimonies, and they're getting ready to go in November, right? Are they going in November? So I know they're getting formula. So, we'll again, we'll get to hear that uh, next week, have lunch uh, with them as well. I started, if you saw me today, I started a little early on No Shave November. So uh, it's getting a little wider this year. I think it's the shampoo I use. <laughs> it comes in a little bit. So that's just kind of a prequel, right, to, to what's coming. And as we did last year's, ladies, you're welcome to join us, guys, in No Shave uh, November as well, too. But we'll do it this year. And we've, uh, in the past, uh, asked you to make a donation to the uh, Foursquare Missions Press. This year we'll ask you to make a donation to our food ministry uh, and some of the expenses and things that they have. So that'll be coming up. 
and then uh, men's breakfast, and then on the 19th, we're going to partner with the school and do an outdoor movie night. want to mention that. On our website, hillschurcharcadia.org, if you've already received your voting ballots in the mail and don't know what to vote on, what proposition, if you go to the website, under just on the main page on the calendar, there is a link, and it'll take you through biblical voting. In fact, you can look up L.A. County, Orange County. We have some Inland Empire, uh, any other counties represented. You can look that up. So go to the website. That'll help you as you navigate uh, looking through your ballots as well. All right. Well, I want to read this verse um, for our offering today. And we read it out of Colossians, second, I mean, second Chronicles, chapter 20, verse 17. Listen to this word. In fact, this is God really speaking these things, and it is completely counterculture to how we think and operate. But here's how God works. You will not need to fight in this battle. How many of you might need to hear that today? Right? You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you. O Judah and Jerusalem, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. You will not need to fight in a battle. In fact, we'll look at the God's ways uh, even today that he does. So as we do each and every week, we're going to put up a prayer that's on the screen. Uh, if you would pray this individually for your offering today. Let's pray this in faith to our Father. Pray this with me. As I give it today's offering, I stand in unity with God, his word, and the Holy Spirit. I stand believing God that he will do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or imagine. I have positioned myself to see him move. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're giving today, um, you, there is an envelope in your seat back pocket. You can place that in the offering slot that is on the wall as you exit by the sound booth. You can go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. There's also our P.O. box on there. If you need prayer, there's a link on there that you can email in your prayer request. Well, find somebody sitting next to you. Look at them in the eyes. Tell them, are they ready? Are you awake? All right. So open your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Eric, thank you so much for speaking last week. We had a change in a plan that we have. Kurt, what a blessing. In fact, if you didn't get to listen to it, you can go to the website, click on SoundCloud. Uh, the audio message is on there. You can listen to him. And he, he really talked about light. So we've been in Mark chapter... Oh, I heard somebody's like, four. All right, in the back, right? You get your prize. That sounds like VBS. Uh, Mark chapter 4, Jesus talked about the uh, way, really he called it the, the seed that fell on the wayside where Satan came immediately to steal. He talked about stony ground. He talked about thorny ground. He talked about good ground. Then he talked about the light, right, in the lampstand. Now he's going to finish with the example of, anybody know what it is? A mustard seed. How many of you remember the Christian jewelry? Anybody remember? They would sell the little vials and it was full of mustard seed. And probably, if, how many of you owned one of those? Anybody own one? Okay. And did you ever wear it and somebody said, what do you have around your neck? Right? 
you know, thinking that it was some you know, mustard seed. Well, that was an interesting thing to talk about. Well, Jesus is going to talk about the mustard seed. One of not the smallest seed, but one of the smallest seeds. But when it grows, it is a large plant. In fact, sometimes um, it's recorded 10, 12 feet. It's not one of those you want to accidentally plant in your backyard like what happened to us. So Michelle will get this wild bird seed that has corn in it. And between the birds of the air and a rat, we see a rat every once in a while, they'll get up and I think they eat the corn. Well, the corn got planted in an area. In fact, there's more than three. I saw three. There's another one popping up and it's this corn. Now, the corn, you would never even like it's dehydrated. But all of a sudden on its own, we're going to look at that today corn started to grow. And I told her, I'm going to pick it. No, let it grow. No, I don't want these like huge corn stalks, right? You're going to eat that after the rat chewed on that, you know, little corn there. There's no way. But I remember this verse as we get started, Mark chapter one, verse one, and then we'll jump into Mark chapter four. And I love how Mark starts this off because he says this, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ the Son of God. The New Living Translation says the beginning of the good news. Mark's gospel is full of action. In fact, we'll begin to look at some of that uh, in the next couple of weeks. But Jesus is going to share one of the most important parables with a crowd of a lot of people and then others and the disciples that this parable is the way of the kingdom of God. So in order to look at in five, when you start seeing the miracles that take place, you've got to understand this one parable. And that's why I want to pick this up. So I'm going to read in Mark chapter four, and I'm going to read in verse 24 down to verse um, 34. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Notice he started that with, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Verse 26. And he said, the kingdom of God. Here's what's important. We're going to get how the kingdom of God operates. And Jesus says this. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. And he said, to what shall we liken the kingdom of God? So Jesus is going to say, okay, let's get a good example of the kingdom of God. And he says this, or what parable should we picture it? It is like a mustard seed, which when it is sown on the ground is smaller than all the seeds on earth. 
But when it is sown, it grows up and becomes greater than all of the herbs and shoots out large branches so that the birds of the air may nest in its shade. And with many such parables, he spoke the word to them and they were able to hear it. But without a parable, he did not speak to them. And when they were alone, he explained all things to his disciples. So, Father, we take these words today. You know every heart, every person, every individual here. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the teacher, that you are the one breathing life into us, speaking to us. Let us grasp what the kingdom of God is, how to liken it and to grow. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, there's a family, some of you will know the Stark family. I've known this family for years and years. In fact, uh, the one son, Mike, and I went to Bible college together. We roomed together. And so they've appointed me that whenever there's a death in the family, I do the funerals. And I think I've done three. I actually saw uh, the mother, Toby, not long ago. She says, you know, I haven't seen you in a while because nobody's died. I said, that, I, that's really offensive to me, right? You should see me regardless. Well, I remember her mom. Uh, I began to talk with her a little bit at her son's funeral. And the son was probably um, a little bit older than me and passed away. And so I remember talking to the mom. I said, do you, read, do you read your Bible? And she says, I don't. I said, oh, I so encourage you. She was 90 years old at the time. Would you read your Bible? Just start in the Bible and start reading. It will speak to you. So I remember the next funeral I did, here she is. And I remember saying, oh, I just want to follow. How's the Bible reading going? She says, it's terrible. So what do you mean terrible? She says, I'm reading in that first book. What's that book called? Genesis. The stuff they're doing in there, angels are coming down and getting girls pregnant. And what is this book you told me to read? Well, if you ever read it like early on, right, you can understand. I said, well, you know what? Uh, let's have you start in Matthew. It's right in the middle. Who starts a book in the middle? That's what she's telling me. I'm like, oh, my God. Right. Just start in the middle, right? Uh, believe me. Well, as we read this, it's very interesting that Jesus is going to use a seed, again, something in our day that's very foreign because we usually go out and we get plants that are already planted. But Jesus is going to use a seed. He's going to use that example of a mustard seed. It was the third day of creation where God spoke, and it was. It was herbs, it was plants, it was trees. And it's interesting, there's a word in there that we'll see that the trees would produce after its own kind. Thus the corn that falls in the ground and begins to grow without our help. But I thought of this, Jesus wants to make it clear that there's no standing still in his kingdom. There's no standing still. Everything is moving forward if you're in his kingdom, not backwards. The seed's a great example because it gets in there. If you've ever seen a time lapse where the seed, you're not actually looking at it, but it's beginning to grow on itself. So there's no standing still in his kingdom. His kingdom is always moving. You know, Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, and I always think about this probably almost every week, where it says this, God says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways, says the Lord. 
For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, my ways are not your ways. Interesting, when we just read our Bibles and we think of in the Garden of Eden, a perfect garden with the tree of life, he's going to have a forbidden tree. He is going to create an angel named Lucifer, right? Which you and I would think, bad idea, right? Bad idea, don't go that route, don't go that route. Lucifer is not a good name. He's going to create an angel named Lucifer that we refer to and know as Satan. There's a worldwide flood that sometimes people can't understand when they read those things in their Bible. He's going to command Abraham after 25 years of believing God for his promise to go take his son on a three-day journey and sacrifice his son and burn his son on an altar to worship God. Is that, cra is that crazy? Like when you read those, for my ways are not your ways. We go all through the Bible. You know, he's going to have Jacob dress up as his brother Esau to steal a birthright from his dad. He's going to take a lady named Rahab, who was a prostitute, but she's going to marry into the bloodline of Jesus. He's going to take a warrior, David, who's going to hide in the strongholds in the mountains, hiding from Saul. But he's going to promise a Messiah, a king of kings and lord of lords, but he's not going to be born in a palace. He's going to be born in a stable. And he's going to die so that whoever was in that area at the time would begin to be a witness of his death on a Roman cross, a child born to die. Now think about that. You know, how many of you remember uh, back several years ago when a, a family member had a baby at the hospital? Everybody went to the hospital. Remember those times? Now they don't let you in. You would never go and look at that baby. Oh, he's so cute. Oh, he's going to be dead in 74 years. You would never say that, would you? Man, that would be the last time you were invited <laughs> to anything. But here's Jesus who's come. Not to live eternal, but to die. That's God's plan. That's his ways. And his ministry wouldn't start for 30 years. That's God's plan. That's God's ways. So when we read things about this mustard seed, we understand these are God's ways. I read this verse this week, Matthew chapter 10, verse 42, out of the New Living. In fact, um, I prayed this yesterday before we started serving people. Jesus says these words. Even if, and if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you shall be surely rewarded. A what? A cup of water. We picture somebody delivering a sermon, right? If you serve somebody even with a cup of water, one of my followers, you'll be rewarded. Is that crazy? It might start small, like the mustard seed, but here's what matters. It matters that you start. You start somewhere. How many of you cannot give somebody a cup of cold water? I just can't do that. That's impossible. Cup of cold water? That's ridiculous. I would never do that. That's the simplest thing, isn't it? The simplest things to start. It reminds me to 
choose one conversation. Notice a person's needs. Just start. So God has a role in my spiritual growth, but I have a role in my spiritual growth. And really, my daily spiritual growth begins with his word to get it in my heart. In fact, Jesus said that in Mark chapter 4, 23. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Allowing that word to get in my mind and wash my mind and get in my heart so that I have recall of a verse. I, got, I went and get coffee the other morning, and I walk in, and they were playing a Bee Gees song. In fact, I wrote down to remember, How Deep Is Your Love? Anybody remember that? How deep is your love? Did I say it right? Anybody right? remember that song? I'm flashback junior high when we used to go roller skating, and you're trying to get the hand of some girl, right? You come skating up alongside, and that's before you got kicked out because of speed skating, right, and knocking people around. I'm like instantly back to that roller rink in San Gabriel, right? From a dumb Bee Gees song. The instant recall of his word planted in your heart. Last Saturday, uh, when we were out, I, I remember seeing this gentleman and um, the friend that I was with, he, he said he got out of his chair. I saw him leaning forward. And as I walked by, he fell straight head first. He's probably in his 70s, right into the concrete split his head open. Remind me of my neighbor. I was right there, immediately flipped him over. His son was right there, and then a, a lady jumped in who later, she's a doctor. And I didn't know, I, I mean, I didn't know if the guy was alive or dead, and I immediately asked for his name. I immediately prayed with him. He wanted up, right? He, I mean, he was like, and, and the doctor, no, 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 you got to stay down. I'm thinking, no, 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 let him up, right? No, no, he won't say, no, let him up, right? Let, I mean, that's what we, we pray. His bleeding had stymied. He cut himself really good. But it was an instant response. Well, you would say, well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're the pastor. Shame on you if you walked away from the guy or took his pulse, right? But it's not just for me. It was just an instant reaction to I was specifically there at the right time at the right place for him. That's what Jesus wants us. Just start, Right? Just start. So in Mark 24, in Mark chapter 4, verse 24, he says these words to them. He said, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use it, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. In fact, I like how the New Living says it. It says this, then he added, pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given and you will receive even more. Am I listening to his words? Am I listening to what he says in the scripture or am I just trying to get it done? Jesus is saying, Listen so intently, listen so closely, because I want to give you more. And then he drops this verse in verse 28. And he says this, for the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain 
in the head. The earth yields crops by what? By itself. In fact, I want to put that up there. Jesus says these words by itself. It's actually a Greek word, automation, right? We would call it automatic. It automatically by itself begins to produce. You get a seed, you get that corn that the rat spit out, it goes in the ground, it's getting water, it's automatically going to produce by itself. But the Greek word that gives the illustration is it's self-moved or it's spontaneous. So Jesus uses the earth yields crops by itself. Well, that's, that's in Genesis chapter 1. That happened on the third day of creation. God set it up that way so that it would reproduce, that it would grow. But we've got to take that image and put it into ourselves that God wants to automatically, as you read his word, as you pray, that it automatically begins to produce in you. In fact, you might not see it, but it's beginning to grow. You'll notice changes. You'll notice how you react different. You'll notice that in the middle of an argument, maybe you react a little bit different because that word of God is beginning to make a change. Yet we read that, it's really interesting because it's almost like Jesus is saying, I don't have to shout and shove and push and do whatever. It's automatically going to begin to grow. But if I abstain and put away his word, then I'm not growing. And the most important thing is that I am growing. It's interesting as you get older. You know, I, I've always had, I've noticed that, um, you know, muscle was always easy to put on. I can lift just about everything. But then you notice as you get older, you got to do things to keep your muscles going. When you're young, they just kind of pop out, right? Hey, Michelle, check this out, right? Look at that. As you get old, wait, it's hanging down. Let me push it up. There, let me go for a side view. It's not automatic anymore. There's things that you have to do. How many of you remember, you used to be able to eat anything you want? Anybody? Anything I want, middle of the night, didn't gain any weight. How many of you know one day, one day it just hits you. It's like, I gained 25 pounds last night, right? <laughs> I can't eat that pasta anymore. I can't do those things. Well, there's different changes that take place. Jesus is wanting to let us know that here's how the kingdom operates Allow that word to get in your heart over and over and over again. Even if you've read that scripture before, even if you've uh, meditated on it, memorized it, do it over and over. There's something automatic that begins to take place because of his word. And there's that patience word that we don't like to hear oftentimes. But let me tell you, the most patient person probably naturally is a farmer. They have to wait, right? They get it planted, they have to wait, and they wait, and whether it's a week or a month or whatever, they know this, though, that a harvest is going to come. A harvest is going to come. But remember this from Jesus, growth begins in the soil. And Jesus says, I'm going to liken this growth, and I'm going to liken it to this little tiny mustard seed, right? that might be a minimum of four feet when it grows, and it might be eight to 12, but birds are going to sit in it. They're going to trust the branches. They're going to feel safe in this bush. But it's an example to us of the smallest seed becomes one of the largest plants. 
that if I plant what might seem as small, which might seem insignificant, is going to grow. Jesus gives us examples in his ministry. What do we have to feed this huge crowd? Five loaves and two fish. Perfect. That's plenty. You're crazy, Jesus. Right? You're crazy. That's not enough. Everybody, you know, just some little like, no, that's not enough. But he knows that he can take the things that look so small and that he can look at the Lord, he can bless it, he can begin to pass it out. We see that all throughout his ministry, nothing small discouraged him. He understood that it would grow and that it would multiply. And he gives us that example of this mustard seed. He uses another example that uh, I might get to in a minute or I'll just tell you to reference. He uses a mustard seed and he uses mountains. Wait, little seed, big mountain? Yeah, because if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you can tell the mountain to move. Just that little tiny seed, little tiny seed, but it's that seed that begins to grow on the inside by itself. Uh, I won't have you turn there. In fact, you can download the notes from the website. In Mark chapter 5, there's a woman, the Bible refers to her, no name, um, but we get descriptions about her life. She's called the woman with the issue of blood. You can read it, uh, you can read it later. She has been suffering for 12 years. Think about it, 12 years. She has spent all the money that she's had, and every doctor has made her worse. But when she heard about Jesus, something changed. In fact, it wasn't so much of hearing about him, it's the Bible referred to what she said, where she said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Twelve years, no money, uh, what was referred to in that time, an unclean, she would uh, literally should have said unclean, almost like the lepers were. She knew that if she touched the hem of the garment, which she did, and you can read, and what happened? She was healed, right? Completely healed. Jesus turns around. In fact, King James says he knew virtue had left from him. We read in New King James, he knew that healing had gone out from him. And he says, who touched me? And the disciples, everybody's touching you, right? Everybody's touching you. There was only one that touched him that day that was healed that we get recorded. In fact, when we read it, Jesus is not looking for her. He's on the way with a gentleman named Jairus. His daughter is sick. And when Jesus arrives, he'll understand one thing, that the daughter has already died and they don't want to trouble him anymore. On the way, there was somebody that kept saying, if I can only touch the hem. Where did she hear that? That's not in our Bible, is it? Just touch the hem of his garment. She understood that he had, there was something different. I went to this doctor because they told me he's the best, right? He's the best in this field. He's got all these degrees, and he made me worse. So I went and I spent my money on this uh, concoction to try to take, and it, it didn't work. But this one man, Jesus of Nazareth, if I can just go and touch his garment, I'll be whole. That's the power of what we read in the scripture of, of what Jesus can do in sometimes the littlest of things. 
that gave her her healing that day. We don't read anything about her anymore. We don't read anything more, but she got what she believed Jesus was, even in the smallest things. I want to put this quote up, and I'll close uh, with this from A.W. Tozer. It says that God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we plan only the things that we can do by ourselves. Let me read that one more time. God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible. What a pity that we only plan the things that we can do by ourselves. Bow your heads, if you would, with me. Father, we thank you for that word, those words of Jesus that he said, for the earth yields crops by itself. That he uses the word of God, the seed that's sown in the parable of the sower is the word of God. When it lands on the good ground, it produces some 30, some 60, some 100. It produces by itself. The word of God does not return to itself void, meaning empty. You sent your word and you healed their diseases. So, Father, we come before you and you know our hearts, you know the things that we're facing. And yet we stand before you this day to press into your word. Not to look at ourselves as small, insignificant, too tiny, but to look at the size of our God and what our God says. You have proven yourself to do the impossible. Why do we doubt? Why do, why do we doubt you? Lord, I pray over all of us that we would hunger and thirst for righteousness that we would be filled with your word, that we would be people regardless of the season, we'll be in season, and we'll be people that understand the power of a cup of water, the power of a word, the power of a coat to somebody, the power of laying hands on somebody, the power of shooting somebody a text to encourage them, the power of reading your word, spending time worshiping you, and engaging with you because in that process we grow. We bless you this day, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Stand with me if you would. We're going to close with this song.